such a great way to praise the Lord. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible and Living Sound. Well, I see you're back from Jerusalem. I hear there was quite an exciting celebration, even riots. There's much rejoicing and singing and praising God, if that's what you mean. The people were so happy, and the seven days of the Passover feast passed so swiftly that they celebrated for another seven days. Mass hysteria, mob reaction, emotional outlet. No, no, no. It was the genuine worship of the true God of Israel. What good did it do you? Or the people? Fourteen days wasted. Wasted? <laughs> it's quite the contrary. It was of great profit to the assembled multitude. A great gladness took possession of them. They sang songs of praise and were united, absolutely united in their devotion and worship. It won't last. The people will go back to their homes and forget the excitement of those 14 days. Soon they will again be worshiping in their groves and high places the gods they've been worshiping for years. You're wrong, completely wrong, my friend. As I came home northward from Jerusalem, I witnessed a great miracle. The people of Judah were already breaking up the images, cutting down the groves and destroying the high places and altars. The Reformation during the 14 days of the Passover feast was genuine, and Judah will be blessed of God. But I fear for Israel. There were but a handful of my countrymen there. Israel refuses to return to the God of her fathers. God will utterly destroy her as a nation. I sent for you, Azariah, because you are brave and faithful to your beliefs and duties. You've been strong to resist evil, and you're zealous for the work of God. Be it known unto my king that I shall always stand for the right against kings or powers or principalities, though the heavens fall around me. Uh, would that Judah had regiments of such brave and faithful men. Then could God make his people a great people, carrying to the world the good tidings of a merciful and loving God. Mm, the Lord worketh with many or with few, your majesty. Well said, Azariah. But seldom recognized as truth... And may the Lord use you in the task I'm about to give unto your charge. Yes, Your Majesty. The Lord, through Moses, set aside the tribe of Levi to be priests and ministers in the temple and to the people. This has not been followed completely in Judah or Israel since the days of David and Solomon. Hmm. You will be in charge of restoring this God-given practice. Appoint the course of the priests and the Levites after their courses, every man according to his service. The priests... A tithe? We have been ordered to pay a tithe to King Hezekiah? Not to Hezekiah, but to the priests and Levites. Mere talk. A sham, deceit. The king will benefit, you can be sure of that. I'm sure you're mistaken, dear. The king is like all the other kings of Judah have been. Selfish, greedy, liars and cheats. They talk big, but their actions belie their words. Therefore, themselves, not us. The king was the first to pay tithe. He has already given of his tithe and first fruits, assuming a full proportion of the offerings as his own responsibility. Oh, sure he has. He is restoring to full duty the Levites. They have to eat, someone has to support them, and the work of ministering unto the temple and the people. Well, this is in the law of Moses and King Hezekiah. King Hezekiah is for King Hezekiah, and we are going to be for us. Anyway, we can't afford to pay tithe, and you know it. God will bless us. God will bless us? I suppose our fields will yield more grain, our sheep more wool, our cattle more milk. Hm. 
Yes. Yes? I'm your wife, remember? No need to lie to me or try to fool me. I know what we can afford as well as you do. We can afford to support God's work. We cannot afford to do otherwise. And God can increase the yield of our... Well, he created everything in the first place. He sustains everything. Everything belongs to him. The flowers, trees, cattle upon a thousand hills, all belong to him. And when we pay tithe, we but give back to him a portion that is his in the first place. But will he bless us with more wool and milk? Twice and... over, fourfold, a hundred, yes, a million times over. If this he wills for us, our duty is to pay the tithe and trust in God. He will not let his children suffer because of faithfulness in their duty to him. Well, we'll try it and see what happens. Have the people responded by giving tithe and the first fruits of their harvest? Oh, I beg thee, O king, come and see for thyself. Yeah. See, O king, the people have responded far beyond anything that I myself expected. We are already hard to it to find a proper storage places. Oh, the Lord is gracious and merciful, his wonders to perform. And, and this is just the beginning of the third month, the, the beginning of the harvest, your majesty. It continues through the seventh month. Surely the Lord shall bless the people for their generous giving. Come forward. Long live the king. Long live the king. You are Conaniah, a Levite. I am of the house of Heman, your majesty. Oh, you there. You may come forward, too. God save the king. God save the king. You, too, are a Levite? Kore by name. I am, your majesty, of the house of Imna. Azariah, faithful high priest of the living God, command these men according to our decision. <clears throat> Uh, with his majesty's permission, we shall retire to my quarters. The planning and instructions will take many hours. Permission granted. Long live the king. Long live the king. Oh, uh, before you go, Azariah, tell me. All the tithes and offering received, the mm. huge stores of produce, is this the total amount received, or have the priests and Levites already been supplied with their portions? Uh, what thou hast seen, O king, represents that which remaineth after the priests and Levites have received their portion. Uh, it is obvious that many storehouses must be built to hold that which does and shall remain over. Uh, yes, your majesty. Long live the king. It is understood, then, Kananiah, that you and your brother Shimei will be over a committee to build storehouses for the ties and the first fruits. Yes, your grace. And you, Corey, uh, will build storehouses and have charge of all the free will offerings. With God's help, I shall do my best, your grace. Forget not to appoint officers to distribute portions to priests and Levites living in the priestly cities and rural areas. Do ye this in accordance with the law of Moses and the will of God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of the Lord, and in the law, and in the commandments to seek the Lord, King Hezekiah did it with all his heart, and he and all Judah prospered and were happy. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible and Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234.
Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Hey little dove so brown and gray, you make such a sad, sad sound. But you won't be a morning dove that day when the Lord of the earth comes down. Hey willow tree with the falling leaves that flow like tears to the ground. world yeah i know what you mean 
makes me wonder if I can trust anybody. I heard my dad saying that people in big companies are just out to make money, even if they have to cheat their customers. And that leaders of countries hurt their people so they can live in big mansions. And I even heard a story about some parents who hurt their own children. How sad is that? Well, we can't stop trusting people, can we? I don't think so. We need to learn stuff in school, buy things at the store, and live in our houses. I mean, my mom and dad would never hurt me, would they? Remember what the preacher said last week in church? He said that the only person we can trust for sure is God. He would never hurt us or make us sad. So? Well, if someone loves God, that means that that person is trying to be like God. You know, someone who's kind and trustworthy. Well, our parents love God, so I think we can trust them. And some other parents may not believe in God, but they're trying to live honest, kind lives. So I think we can trust them too. I see what you're saying. We can trust people who are honest and kind, whether they believe in God or not. But if someone isn't living like God wants us to live, you know, being selfish, mean, dishonest, we really shouldn't trust them. The pastor also said that trusting God is good for your health. We feel more peaceful and happy. We feel like we've got a friend, even when everyone else is mean to us. I guess there is something in this world we can trust God. That's so good to know. God has given us everything we need to be healthy inside and out. During Creation Week, He established a health plan for every creature on Earth. To learn more about healthy living and about the God who created us all, go to kidsbibleinfo.com. That's kidsbibleinfo.com. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 4, Secrets Discovered I don't understand, Jenny said later that day. We have been all over this house. We have been upstairs and down. We've looked in the kitchen, dining and sitting rooms, hall and bedrooms. We've even searched the bathroom. Give me two reasons why we should keep on searching. First, the Bible is still missing, Dee Dee said as they climbed the stairs at the end of the hall. We have a responsibility to find out what happened to it. We know neither of us took it, and it's pretty sure that Mom didn't take it. Grandma's sick. She couldn't have taken it. Marcus was gone. Where did it go? It had to go somewhere. I realize that, but second, I really think the Bible is still in this house. There's something about this house that tells me it still has a lot of secrets we haven't uncovered yet. They stood at the top of the stairs and looked at the hallway facing them. Three closed doors faced them on either side of the hallway. A fat, pot-bellied stove commanded the center of the room. At the far end of the room stood the tall cabinet and small door that was the dumbwaiter. I think you're right about the secrets, Jenny said, staring at the room. But where do we start? How do we discover them? Well, what would real detectives do? Dee Dee asked. I guess they would look for clues. Jenny nodded. Right. I guess we should look for something that is out of the ordinary, something that is different. I think, Dee Dee said, that this house is just full of secret passageways. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's try to find them, Jenny said. Where do we start? Dee Dee had the answer. Let's start in Grandma's room. 
The two girls went into the first room on the left. It was fixed up like an old hotel room. A high, full-sized bed stood in the middle of the room. The old wallpaper had yellowed, and the paint on the closet door was beginning to peel away. The girls' sleeping bags were laid out on the floor on top of the thick throw rug. How about a tunnel? Dee Dee asked, one eyebrow raised. She grinned. No, I don't suppose there would be a tunnel on the second floor. But what about a tunnel in the wall or in the ceiling? Jenny said, as if answering herself, she opened the door to the closet and walked in. The closet was empty, and she looked up at the ceiling. It looks like there's an opening up there, but it's really too dark to tell if it goes all the way through. It seems like this would be a good place to have a secret passageway. Dee Dee looked at her. You'll need a chair to reach the ceiling, she said, looking around for one. An old rickety chair leaned against one of the window sills. Dee Dee pushed it away from the window, and the wooden trim of the window sill fell to the floor. Oops, Dee Dee said. I guess I never noticed that that board was loose before. She bent to pick it up. Hey, there's something in here, she said, looking in the hole the board had covered. Jenny came across the room as Dee Dee reached into the narrow hole beside the window. Carefully, she grasped a small book hidden in the hole and brought it out. What is it? Jenny asked. It's a diary. Dee Dee answered. Grandmother's diary. She guessed out loud. Sure enough, when she opened the front cover, she saw her grandmother's name written there. Dee Dee read for a minute before saying anything. Some of the writing is hard to read. She finally said, "The writing is faded, but look at this." She laid the old diary out on the bed. Jenny looked at the entry dated July thirteenth, nineteen thirteen. Daddy brought in a new boarder tonight. This one is a white man. Mama tells us not to tell anyone he is here. We are sure to get into trouble if anyone finds out. Dee Dee flipped a couple of pages and they read another entry. I used my secret passage and checked on the strange white man. His name is Albert Morgan. They says. Mama seems afraid of him, but Daddy is taking right good care of him. He says that he can only do what Jesus would do. I don't know why Mama is so afraid of him, but I saw the clothes he came in with. They were bloody. I don't know if he is a good man or not, because he has had the fever and hasn't said or done anything since he came. Secret passage, Jenny said. There was, is a secret passage, and Captain Morgan was here as well. Whispered Dee Dee. The girls giggled and flipped through the book some more, stopping when something caught their attention. Soon they heard Mrs. Adams calling from downstairs. Dee Dee, Jenny, she called. Dinner is almost ready, but we didn't get the dishes done from this morning. Can you come downstairs and help me with dishes? Dee Dee looked at Jenny and sighed. We'd better go, she said. Well, the diary has waited for this many years, Jenny said. It can wait another half an hour. Dee Dee and Jenny got up from the bed and started out the door. Suddenly, Jenny stopped. Just a second, Jenny said. My mom just got me this new watch. I don't want to get it wet. She slipped the watch from her wrist and dropped it onto the top of her suitcase. Dee Dee and Jenny went downstairs and joined Mrs. Adams in the kitchen. They did dishes while Mrs. Adams and Marcus fixed the evening meal. By the time they were done washing, drying, and putting away dishes, dinner was ready. Have you girls used the house key? Mrs. Adams asked after Marcus asked the blessing. Dee Dee shook her head. No, Marcus frowned. I left it on the table in the sitting room. I went to put it away. It was gone. Jenny and Dee Dee looked at each other. You'll know it if you see it, Marcus said. It's a gold key on a little chain. It belongs to Grandma, so keep your eyes open for it. How is the hunt for the Bible going? Mrs. Adams asked. Dee Dee shook her head. No luck yet. 
but we are hot on the trail. Mrs. Adams smiled. Well, let me know when you have the treasure in hand. The girls nodded. It's a deal, Jenny declared. Since they went to the store with Mrs. Adams after dinner, Jenny and Dee Dee forgot about the diary until they opened the door to their room and turned on the light. There it was, still lying on the bed. Let's see what else we can find in Grandmother's diary, Dee Dee said. Just a minute, Dee Dee. Jenny stopped to think. Where did I put my watch? Oh, I remember, right on top of my suitcase. Oh, no! What is it? Dee Dee asked, turning around. Jenny stood over her suitcase, her face as white as a sheet. My watch, she moaned. It's gone! The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 7, The Clue in the Secret Passage, written by Glenn Robinson, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.